Father, thank you for how you water the earth and make things grow and bear fruit. And Father, we ask that as we open your word, that we would see Jesus and that by your spirit, you would draw us to him and that you would pour out your living water in our hearts that we might be cleansed and watered and nourished and grow and bear much fruit. We pray, Father, for your glory, for our health and wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Please grab a seat. So this morning um, is... A good morning to um, kind of take a pause and reflect a little bit on where we are in John's narrative of following Jesus, encountering him for who he is, hearing what it is that Jesus is inviting us into and shaping us to become and empowering us to participate in as it relates to his life and his ministry and his mission. And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen these encounters and what it is that Jesus does when he comes to people, how he relates to them, how he speaks into their heart and into their circumstances and how he offers each person something better, namely how he offers himself as life, as water, as bread, as what we have been created for, as what life is unfulfilled without, and as what it is that makes us truly be who God created and redeemed us to be. It's all about Jesus, our need for him, and how he fulfills our need. And most recently, we've been looking at um, kind of three weeks in a row, three ways that Jesus is fulfilling the Passover feast, identifying himself as Messiah, and the one who completes that really important narrative in the life of the people of God and how God uses that narrative to communicate him and his purposes for his people. And in particular, we've been seeing how Jesus is helping those around him understand the importance of coming to him and trusting him and feeding on him above all else, making him the center of life, the center of every aspect of our being. And this morning, I want to look at not only what it means for us to feed on Jesus, but also what it means for us as followers of Jesus to help others feed on Jesus. Because that's an aspect of our discipleship. It's all about Jesus, but it's not all about just us feeding on Jesus. It's about us feeding on Jesus and helping others feed on Jesus as well. 
And I think it's interesting, kind of picking up where we left off last week, to, to step out of the narrative just a little bit and to look at Peter's overall experience with what Jesus is talking about. So what we saw last week and what we reemphasized in the gospel reading this morning in John 6 is that Peter confesses Jesus as the Holy One, the Messiah, the Lord. Peter says, Jesus, your God. Peter believes. He says, Lord, I know all these other people are leaving and you're asking me if we're going to leave too. And we say no, because we say yes to you. I mean, after all, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we've come to believe and we've even come to know and experience and trust that you're the one. You're it. You're God with us. And so we see that, that Peter believes. And you remember um, later in the story, Peter also denies Jesus. In John 18, and we'll get there in a year or two. In John, in John 18, this is a preview. It's not a spoiler. We'll get there. You'll forget it by then. We'll get there, right? Uh, on the night Jesus is, uh, of Jesus' arrest and his trial, three trials, three false trials, Peter's asked, you're not one of this man's disciples, are you? And Peter replies, flat out, bold, I am not. And uh, if you remember that story, it's cold that night, and Peter's in the courtyard of the high priest's house, and there's a fire there, and Peter stays in the courtyard, and he's, he's warming himself by that fire, and someone else comes along and they ask him, you're not one of his disciples too, are you? And Peter flat out disassociates himself from Jesus, his best friend, denies it saying, I am not. And then finally, one of the high priest's servants comes up to him and knows and and the scripture says, challenges him. Didn't I see you with Jesus in the garden? And again, Peter denies it. Flat out denies it and says, no, not me. So we see that Peter believes. We see that Peter denies. And we also see that Peter walks away. Remember in John 21, like Peter goes back to fishing. And so he's out on the boat with his brothers, uh, and they're fishing, and they're not catching anything. <laughs> to me, I, I think that's funny. Like, I think God's going, mm, no, not on my watch. And so Jesus appears, and you know the story. He calls out to Peter from the shore, and he tells Peter to throw the net on the other side of the boat, just to remind Peter who's in charge, who's the king of the heavens and the earth, who's the king of the mountains and the trees and all the fishes and the seas. And so Peter obeys. He throws the net on the other side of the boat. And what happens? Peter catches a whole boatload of fish, um, experiencing the fact that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's worth believing, not denying, not walking away from. And so Peter realizes this. He jumps out of the boat. He swims as fast as he can to shore. And there, there's this incredible exchange between him and Jesus. And Jesus restores him. 
Three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me above all else? Do you love me more than your family? Do you love me more than your fishing? Do you love me more than your friends? And three times Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. You know I love you. And three times, what does Jesus say? Feed my sheep. Feed my little sheep. Take care of my sheep. Feed my older sheep. If you love me, then you will be doing what I have been doing. Remember the invitation I first gave you, Peter. Come to me. Imitate me. And then I will make you fish for what? Right, men, people. And I think this is really helpful and encouraging to us as Jesus' disciples. Because like Peter, we all have our moments of, woohoo, believe in Jesus. Yes, I'm in. And yet we have our moments of, mm, not so sure, Jesus, a little bit ashamed of you, don't want to talk about you here, don't want to share my story here, don't want anybody to know that I really love you more than anything else because of what they might say or what might happen to me. And we all have our moments where we're scared, we're frustrated, and we go back to the things that we're used to doing before we met Jesus instead of doing the things that we were doing with Jesus. We're like Peter in that way. Our, our life of discipleship is not a straight line. It's, it's a zigzag. It's not a constant slope. It's ups and downs. But I think there's really good news in that for us is that like Peter, Jesus is always pursuing us. Whether we believe or walk away, Jesus comes after us. He never gives up on us. He is always coming to us with his love and his grace. And he's always forgiving us. He's always forgiving us. When we repent and return to him, when we jump out of that boat and swim to him, we find that he embraces us with acceptance and belonging and love, and he's quick to forgive us, and not only that, to restore us. To restore us, yes, to a relationship with him, but to restore us to the purposes and the mission that he called us to in the first place. And that's good news. And so why that is important to us as followers of Jesus with grace, as those who have said yes to him, who have said I do to his invitation to love him above all else, is that it means that our lives as healthy and mature disciples isn't just about us continuing to be right with Jesus through what he's done for us and feeding on him. It's also helping others meet Jesus and feed on him as well. If we love Jesus, because we love Jesus, we want to feed other people. We want other people to know and love Jesus as well. The role of a healthy, mature disciple is to feed others with the bread of life.
and to help them come to Jesus and feed on Jesus for their spiritual nourishment and health and growth. Um, I took a little survey um, this week with some of the staff, and I realized that um, I'm a lot older than I used to be because what I was thinking was about 10 years earlier than what everybody else was thinking. Um, but uh, I'll throw it out there again. Um, do, you, do, you, do any of y'all remember um, the, the Cheerios commercial with the stick figure of the little guy trying to go uphill and he runs out of steam because he didn't eat his Cheerios? Anyone? No? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Um, okay, how about, how about this? Um, does anybody remember, and I think they still do this, but um, gro- growing up and wanting to know the new person on the Wheaties box every year? Okay, got it? Okay, good. This, was, this one's good. Okay. So, so, so the, whole, the whole thing of the Wheaties is they take, like, the athlete of the year, they put them on the box, and as, you know, kids, we want to aspire to be heroic and victorious and awesome like those athletes. So we go and buy the box of Wheaties and eat the cereal. And you remember the tagline that if you run out of steam, and if you don't do what you're trying to do, if you fail, it's why? Well, you didn't eat your Wheaties this morning, right? And I was thinking about that. And I think, I think, that's, I think that's relevant to what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. Because remember, Jesus doesn't just call us to himself. He calls us to become like him and to give him away. And so when we, when we put Jesus on the Wheaties box of our life, uh, we want to feed on him. But it's not just for our own nourishment. It's so that we have the strength and the ability to go out and do what it is that he calls us to do. Jesus calls each one of us to feed on him, but also to love him by helping others feed on him. And leading people to the bread of life, who is Jesus, and to streams of living water, uh, who is the Holy Spirit, is what this vision of Mission 368 is all about. That... It's more than just about us coming around Jesus as an expression of the church called grace. It's about us coming around Jesus, being the church for the sake of this neighborhood, for others who are hungry and need Jesus to feed on, for others who are thirsty and need Jesus to feed on. But it's not just about us coming around Jesus uh, as Grace Northridge for the sake of this neighborhood. It's also for the sake of us as a family of churches along the Broadway corridor coming around Jesus together for the sake of everyone who lives around the Broadway corridor and beyond. And I want to just look at that uh, this morning. If you want to open your Bibles to Psalm 36, 8, in your blue Bibles, it's on page 465. Michael, did you do that on the laptop? That was cool, man. 
That's right. We don't, we don't have fog or smoke, but we can do thunder and lightning. Much more Old Testament. Very nice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Psalm 36, 8. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. Psalm 36, 8 is the heart of mission 368. We are a loving family of interdependent churches extending the kingdom of God, helping people meet Jesus along the Broadway corridor. And we're not just coming to Jesus and imitating Jesus, we are continuing his mission. And so we aim to give every man, woman, and child repeated opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and experience his goodness, to taste and see that he's good, to drink and know that he fulfills and satisfies. That, that's what we're about in this city, that we're not just keeping Jesus, we're giving him away. We're not just feeding on Jesus, we're helping feed others. That's what mature disciples do. So there was a time when you couldn't eat your box of Wheaties. You had to have someone older and more mature get that cereal down, get out that heavy jug of milk, get down that bowl, pull out that spoon, pour the Wheaties in the bowl, pour the milk over the Wheaties, and maybe even help you eat. And once you learn how to use that spoon, certainly the first couple of times, take a paper towel and clean up your mess because you didn't get it all in your mouth. But at some point, you learned how to grab that box of Wheaties and get that milk out of the fridge by yourself and find the spoon and pour the milk without making it too big of a mess and feed yourself. But as followers of, of Jesus, we don't stop there any more than as people we stop there. As you grow up as a person, you learn to be the one who feeds those who can't feed themselves. And as followers of Jesus, as we grow up and mature and become strong and healthy, we learn to feed those who haven't yet learned to feed themselves. Look at the first half of verse 8. They feast on the abundance of your house. It's the image of a what? A house with a great meal in it. It's the Lord's house, and the purpose of the Lord's house is to satisfy people's hungry, their hunger. And it's not just to kind of satisfy. This isn't, this isn't a drive-through this isn't a one-minute meal. This is a feast. And the heart here is that everyone is created to be in God's house and to feast at his table. God's house has big front doors, and all are welcome. But there's a problem. And the problem is, is that so many spiritually unaware or uninvited don't come to the Lord's house and don't 
feast at his gracious table of provision. And instead, they beg up and down. And if they get anything to eat, it's not healthy food, and they gorge on fast food. That's really not good for them. That leads to further disease and problems. And so, what is the solution? The solution is to get up from the table, to walk out of the house, and to go get them. To live among a people, to live among a people in a neighborhood, and to scatter the bread of life, to leave little breadcrumbs along the way as we return back to the house and the table, to help people meet Jesus, to disciple them in huddles, to disciple them in life groups. And as they come to Jesus and begin to imitate Jesus, to develop them and kingdom leaders and invite them to participate in Jesus's mission with us. And as we do that, new houses, new expressions of the local church pop up. Look at the second half of verse 8. And you give them drink from the river of your delights. The image is a river. The assumption is that people are thirsty. Well, it's the Lord's river. And the Lord's river is always flowing. The Lord's river never runs dry. And from this river, God provides drink. And those who drink from the Lord's river are filled to overflowing, not once, but continuously, and their thirst is abundantly satisfied with delights, the psalmist said, that with the river comes the delight of God, that when you are satisfied by the river of God's delights, that you are actually satisfied in the things that God is satisfied in. The problem is, is that so many spiritually dehydrated and spiritually parched, spiritually dying of thirst people who need the living water of the Holy Spirit don't know where to find it or can't get there on their own. And so what's the solution? It's to get up out of the river and to go to them. And to take our overflowing buckets of this living water and to pour it out cup by cup, heart by heart, person by person through an entire neighborhood until people are satisfied and quenched and know how to go to the river and draw from him themselves. This is Jesus' mission. 
And it's how Jesus' mission is being contextualized and incarnated through us in San Antonio along the old river road. Embedding the gospel, helping people meet Jesus, making disciples, developing leaders that results in new expressions of the local church. And as we shared in Vision Sunday, Brian has heard and responded to the call to go. To go from this table and to go from this river to the Mankey Park neighborhood to help people feed on Jesus and be satisfied by the person of ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I've just asked him this morning to give you a brief update on what God's saying to him and what God is happening so that we know how to pray, so that we know how to participate in this call of our family to go. Brian, would you come up and share with us a little bit? Absolutely. Thank you, Maddie. So nearly five years ago, the Lord first sent me to Manicky Park. It woke me, he woke me up at 3 a.m. Mor- that morning and said, Brian, I've got a simple but what was for me a pretty daunting charge. He said, I want you to go to Sent- the Sentinel Point Apartments and pray for the people there. Now, Sentinel Point was an apartment complex where I knew one family at the time. We'd met them at, at Kitty Park at one of our first, East, at our first Easter worship gathering there. And besides Leon and his daughter, uh, I didn't know a single other soul there. And so with some trepidation, I said, Lord, are you sure about this? But um, he said to go. And so the next day I picked up the phone and I called the apartment complex. And immediately I got in touch with Miss Brown, the apartment manager. And I I began by telling her my story. And I said, I know this is going to seem a little strange, but the Lord has told me to come and pray for the people in your apartment complex. I'm a pastor here in town, and I would love if you would let me come and do that. And without missing a beat, Miss Brown said, Great, when can you come? Mind you, I'd never met this woman before. So the next day, I met with Miss Brown, and I shared a little bit of my story, and she did something that I'll never forget. Immediately after we got done talking, she turned, walked me outside, locked her little office up, and began uh, walking me through the apartment complex. That day we knocked on 25 different doors of people that she thought would be home uh, and there at the time that I'd come, and she introduced me the same way. This is the pastor, and he's here to pray for you. And so that day I had a chance to meet a ton of people. And then over the next two and a half years, I began going out there every week. I went on Thursday mornings, and uh, I would just go. And some days were longer than others. Some days more happened than others. Some days people were home. Some they weren't. Uh, But over time, I had the opportunity to begin to to get to know the people in this complex, to pray with them. Uh, And then God did something great. Uh, As I continued to show up, the Lord continued to go before me. And in that time, I got to know Leon and Dina and James and Jimmy and Reuben and Diane 
and Joanne and so many others in that complex over that time. These people invited me into their lives. We shared coffee and meals. And we all talked about uh, forming, kind of we started praying together. We opened God's word together. And then God started kind of gathering us out in the courtyard of this complex where people, you know, just as they were walking by, might come and join us. And it was through that time that Joanne, who is still a part of our community, she sometimes comes to the 1045 gathering, she came to know Jesus as her Lord. And then again, the Lord opened up a door at Sentinel Point. The owner of the complex gave us permission to hold a worship gathering where we would celebrate her baptism right there in the courtyard. The liturgy that day was Anglican. The worship team was African-American. The congregation was the community of Sentinel Point. And at the center of it all was Jesus and the power of his gospel for the salvation of all who believe in him. And that time evangelism had led to discipleship. And that day God built a worshiping community in the Sentinel Point Apartments. This past January, I again heard the Lord call me to Manakee Park. Go, Brian. Go with your towel and with your heart. As the beginnings of the apostolic band for this new work in Manakee Park gathered in my home about a week ago, I shared with them how I believe that it will be evangelism that results in discipleship that God will use to build a new expression of his church in this part of our community. It's how he built the church in Acts. It's what we see happening with the apostles. It's how St. Patrick and his apostolic bands evangelized the continent of Ireland, the, the people of I the Irish. And it's how I believe that God's going to do this new work of building a church in Manakee Park. Whether or not God is leading you to be a part of this new expression in our family of churches, God is calling each one of us to play an important role in this work. One thing I'm confident of is that he's calling all of us to pray. Nothing of kingdom significance happens in the absence of prayer. Please pray for the kingdom of God to come in Manakee Park. Please pray for Lindsay and me and the apostolic band as we continue to discern and hear where the Lord is leading in the days ahead. Please pray for us to meet people of peace in this neighborhood. People that are open to the seeds of the gospel being planted right where they are. And please pray for opportunities for us to demonstrate in the love of Jesus Christ by serving in love in different places and different environments and different families within the Manakee Park community. My encouragement to all of us is to ask us to please pray. In addition to praying, I think he's also calling us all to participate 
some form or fashion with our hands and our feet. You know, the opportunity to host a vacation Bible school at Lamar Elementary is truly astonishing. Because with every child that we love and serve and share Jesus with, we spread one of those breadcrumbs of the gospel in this community. Grace, this is a, a kingdom opportunity. So please join a team. Show up on that opening registration night. Just be yourself. Just go and meet some people. Uh, get to know them. Make a connection. Help them to see the love of Jesus in your heart and the light of Jesus shining out of your life. Join a team that's going to love and serve these kids for those three days throughout the week. Maybe even take a day off of work so you can do it. But as we show up, as we share Jesus, I'm confident that the seeds of the gospel that are planted through this vacation Bible school will begin to grow and the green shoots of gospel growth will begin there. So please talk to Michael and Emily about being a part of a team. Please pray about how the God is leading you to be a part of that work. So when the Lord called me to this new work, he didn't give me an 18-point surefire church planning plan. Instead, he reminded me of the vision that we've always had. Evangelism that leads to discipleship that Jesus uses to build his church. He reminded me of what he had done at Sentinel Point. And then he said to go. Go with your heart. Go with your towel. Go. Serve and love and make disciples. I'll be with you. And I'll build my church. Amen. Amen. What I'd like to do is uh, just uh, pray for this vision and for the mission that God is calling us to and um, just invite you to, to join me in that prayer. Father, we thank you so much for coming after us, for finding us, and for including us in your life, for forgiving us of our, all that is past, and for putting your spirit within us that we might not only have the desire but also the ability to do what pleases you. Lord, thank you for the joy of following you as our teacher, as our rabbi, as our captain, as our king, as the Messiah, the Holy One. We believe, Lord. Increase our belief in you. We thank you, Lord, for the ways that you feed us and nourish us so faithfully from your word and by your Holy Spirit. And we ask, Lord, in your mercy and by your grace that you would continue to grow us up and mature us in health and in strength. And Lord, once again, that you would clothe us in power to be your witnesses in the Northridge neighborhood, in the Midtown neighborhood, and now, Lord, in the Manakee Park neighborhood. 
Lord, thank you that you are extending this expression of your family. Thank you, Lord, that you are raising up laborers for this section of the harvest field. And we do ask your anointing, your favor, your authority, and your power on Brian, uh, on the forming apostolic band, and on all of us, Lord, to get up, to take what you have freely given us, and to freely give it away to those who do not yet have. Lord, extend your house, add seats at your table, and use us to bring people into your presence for the honor and glory of your name. We pray, Jesus, for your sake. Amen. Amen.